folks, you're listening to Hotel Vicarious, a podcast hosted by two friends who watch a lot of television and love to talk about it. Right now, we're covering Ted Lasso, and this week, we're discussing no weddings and a funeral. Hey, Jenny. How are you? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. It was a, like, perfect fall day outside today, and I loved it. I wore a puffy vest. It made me very happy. (laughs) You are just busting out the autumnal wear. Yeah, yeah. No, I. it's actually not that puffy. It's actually like a very thin insulated vest that I got at Joe Fresh. And it is super comfortable. And yeah, I wore it today um, when I went to go pick up my child from school. And it was perfect because it was actually quite brisk here, which was surprising because it was really hot yesterday. It was like, I think... 23 celsius here yesterday yes i wasn't i was expecting it to be kind of warm but then i walked in my house and i was just like oh okay i like this i can breathe for the first time in eight months awesome yeah it's like the kind of weather where i can wear a sweatshirt and jeans but also still wear my birkenstocks you know it's like that perfect time of year exactly yep yep boots scarves i love it it's my favorite Those kind of cozy days make it really hard for me to, like, be productive. Yeah, so I, my friend Holly from the Wildly Tarot podcast um, was talking to me today, and we were talking about fall and, like, this, like, weather and the time change coming, and, you know, it just makes you want to be, like, kind of, like, lazy and (laughs) not do a lot of stuff, and she was saying that, like, just to remember that, like, we're really wired to start um taking it easier and like more slow this time of year and just like really lean into the cozy (laughs) yes right um and I was like okay but I want she's like you know go to bed early wake up a little bit later like you know just find ways to like be more effective during the daylight hours and not like you know no don't procrastinate until it's like dark out that's that was her plan and I was like okay but I want to go to bed early, but then I get mad for having to go to bed early because, like, late at night is the only time, like, I get to, like, just, like, not do anything and just, like, hang out and just, like, do whatever I want, scroll on my phone, whatever. And I was like, why is my brain like this? And she was like, capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, too real, too true. Right? I know. But it's, it's, she's, she's, like, really true, and it's honestly, like, this whole thing where it's just, like, the fall, like, it's, like, you're cozy, and you're, like, doing stuff at home, and you're working on projects, and it's kind of, like, just, like, it's okay, quote, unquote, okay, to, like, be a little less social, so, like, yeah, I'm cool with that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, except October's actually I think one of our more social months I have friends visiting this weekend and we're going pumpkin picking and apple picking and we're gonna make some like boozy apple cider drinks we have a little bit of travel ahead of us but yeah it's like all good fun stuff which is nice and I'm so excited to be able to wear big chunky sweaters again yes yes 
sweaters, boots, scarves. That is the... Ugh, I'm just so excited. And I invested in some, like, new cushy socks recently that I'm, like, nice. very excited to wear. Yes. My favorite are, like, the Costco brand socks that are, like, super soft and super thick and, like, come in, like, a pack of six. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're all, like, muted fall colors. I'm just like, this is the best thing ever. It's so funny. When we were in California, we took a trip to Sonoma because I've always wanted to go to wine country and, like, we did a bunch of shopping. And we went into some, like, incredible boutiques with, like, beautiful stuff. And do you know what we came back with? We went into a sock store and, and each bought, like, five pairs of socks. I and I was it. like, <laughs> of all the things, I'm just going to buy some big, thick socks. You know what? That's fine. That's fine. That's perfect. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just another form of self-care. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Give me all the socks. But- keep those feet warm Mm -hmm. so now that we sound just like two little old ladies (laughs) i know honestly yikes 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 yikes. wow this episode i got super emotional about it oh yeah absolutely it was a lot in a great way but it was a lot it was very heavy so Uh, In the last episode, we see Rebecca dealing with the loss of her father, and we kind of see how the ramifications of that lead the some different team members down some interesting journeys, and we sort of see not only for Rebecca, who, you know, it's like a big a big sort of pivotal moment in her life to have her father die but it's also you know it really sort of impacts Ted and it also we see it impact a a few other characters in in a couple of different ways yeah and I think we really need to start with what I am calling the like sad little boys in love moments that we got this This is the sad boys in love segment Because I, you know, I think one of the things the show does so well is like different types of relationships and friendships and God, I think we started out in the cutest way possible with Sam and Rebecca and it just didn't end that way. Like a lot happened between them in just a like 27 minute episode. Right, right. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a real roller coaster of events, as is the case in in most uh, Ted Lasso episodes. But yeah, it was, I mean, it definitely gave the fans who have been kind of rooting for Sam and Rebecca, it kind of gave them what they want, you know, that little cute scene in bed, you know, very Which adorable. so cute. I mean, you know, ethics aside, it was great. <laughs> But we'll get just, back to that just later. Just brush those ethics under the rug a little bit for now. Yeah, I just, like, have a real, like, hard time with that. But it's fine. But, yeah, so, you know, we see this really sort of cute scene between him and Rebecca. We have an interaction with Rebecca and Sam and her mom uh, in the kitchen, which was quite hilarious. I think one of the best parts of that was when she talks about... <laughs> His boxers. Oh my gosh, And yeah. how little they leave to the imagination. He just, oh, that bit of physical comedy was so good where he just sinks behind yeah, the counter. Exactly. He's just Beautiful. like kind of like crouched Hilarious. There. Yeah, I thought that was, that was really, really funny. And then, you know, we don't see Sam for a little bit in the episode. You know, there's a bunch of stuff going on with Rebecca that we'll touch on later, but 
Um, the next time we see Sam, he is arriving at the funeral um, with the team, you know, and he like gives Rebecca a little thumbs up. And you can see he's kind of like trying to sort of, what's the word? He's he's trying to sort of support her from afar, I guess is what. Yeah, it's, it's sweet. And it's also a little sad because before all this happened, they were kind of talking about being a little public, you know? So it's like. Well, yeah, Sam was talking about <laughs> being public. Yeah, Sam was initiating this idea of being public. And now it's like kind of that moment where you want to be publicly supportive of someone and he, he kind of can't. So those like little quiet like interactions with them are very interesting. Yeah, no, and I was a little bit like apprehensive that maybe like someone had mentioned to me that they were kind of like really worried that maybe Sam would like do something to like make their relationship public at the funeral and that would have been so awkward and bad. Yeah, that was miserable. Yeah. But thankfully, uh, the writers did not do that to us. And then, you know, it really becomes clear to Rebecca sort of after the service that she really needs to work on her shit. A very much a, it's not you, it's me, kind of. Deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, you know, and so when, when her and Sam have that sort of, like, little chat in the closet, when he pulls her into the closet, you know, and obviously his intentions for pulling her into that closet are, they're so pure, he just wants to give her a hug, and he I, hasn't been able to. I know! Which is so sweet, and it wasn't like, he wasn't like, hey, let's get it on in this closet of your mom's house, because your dad died, you know, like, it was, it was really really just like I want to comfort you but you know she by that point she knows what she has to do she knows she has to break it off with him and I really liked the way that they made it so amicable yeah like it wasn't like he was disappointed you could see that you know she's disappointed for having to do it the ethics of the whole relationship do not factor in at all but again I digress I I yeah I mean you know how I feel I it's we'll talk about it more but it just boggles my mind that she didn't say this is something that we cannot do and not like, oh, it's because I have a lot of baggage. <laughs> like, right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I thought like, and then I just, I really loved like that last little sort of like encounter between the two of them where Sam tells her he's just going to get more amazing with time. Because like, Lord knows he is correct. <laughs> So smooth, so smooth, but like not smarmy smooth, like genuinely cute smooth. No, genuinely cute smooth for sure. It's like, yeah. Oh, Sam. I know. And then our other sad boy. Ah, Jamie Tart. Jamie. I have so many conflicting feelings because that little monologue, Jenny, was actually lovely. It was lovely. It reminded me a little bit of Casey Witter in the, uh, season finale of Dawson's Creek <laughs> oh, yeah. when he tells Joey that like loving her is enough yeah. <laughs> just I love declarations of love where there's not an expectation for a response yeah and I also thought that was very mature of Jamie yeah he just leaves. not expect her to say anything that he acknowledged that he knows she's with Roy but he still says it I know I know and he says it at a funeral and I get like you know death can put a lot of things in perspective and I am so happy that he's come to the conclusion that like love is something that he's capable of and that he deserves and that yeah all of of these amazing things but like dude dude you can't do that but also I feel like that reaction is kind of what what Keely was looking for 
all day from Roy. And then right after she has this, like, bombshell dropped on her by Jamie, there's Roy to say the perfect fucking thing. Dude, it was... Yeah, and I think the interesting thing is the difference in her responses. She sort of looks at Jamie completely, like, gobsmacked. Totally, like, flabbergasted. Like, just what? But with Roy, her initial response is to just give him this, like, huge hug. And, like, Mm -hmm. I think in one camp, you could say that that hug is a little bit more of a, like, desperately confused moment where she's like, "Ah, I just need to do something. Let me hug Roy because I'm, like, a little overwhelmed. Right, But the other part of it could be that, like, you know, she finally got what she kind of always wanted from Jamie five seconds ago. And then she has this man who, like, didn't take a year to apologize for something. And it took him, like, an hour, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. One day. Like, yeah. (laughs) Like, it's very clear that, oh, that he has, like, the emotional capacity that she needs in a partner. Yeah. And I think, I think that... Jamie saying something she's probably wanted to hear for a long time from him. It's, it probably feels great in a way to know that this person that you did love, who kind of just, I don't know, kind of treated you like shit for a long time. Yeah. You know, like, like I, I'm trying to imagine, like, is that what she's feeling? Like, is she feeling like, oh, this person who I, who I loved for a long time kind of didn't treat me the greatest now he, you know, is there some sort of vindication that, you, like, she it wasn't a one-sided thing? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, he treated you like shit. Like shit. And she has to know that. So it's like, yeah. I, I, a lot of what this show does is kind of sub- subvert things that we wouldn't really necessarily expect. So yeah. I, I want to give the writers credit that we're not getting a love triangle and that if we do, it's going to be done in a very interesting way because I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, I will I will not lie. I was having like severe trauma response to seeing this sort of <laughs> perhaps budding love triangle between Jamie and Keely and Roy because I was having like these terrible flashbacks of like the lost fandom in 2004 to 2000 <laughs> and whenever oh, it finished between God. Jack and Kate and Sawyer you all know who I'm talking what I'm talking about oh for sure who did you ship neither <laughs> good I love that answer <laughs> Because that was basically how I felt, too. No, I mean, I liked Sawyer more than I liked Jack. Uh, I like a hole in my underwear more than I like Jack. Yeah, but also I just, like, hate the actor as a person. And I've never, like, wanted to watch anything he's ever been in ever again. But the guy who plays Sawyer was in Yellowstone, the last season of Yellowstone, and he was quite good, actually. It was funny to see him (laughs) in a TV show again. I can't remember his name. Josh Holloway. There it is. Yeah, there you go. That came back. I got it. Too sweet. Like I said, imprinted on my brain. (laughs) So yeah, I'm really trusting the writers who seem to really understand what romance is and what romance is not. And I'm really trusting them to give me what I want. (laughs) (laughs) To just do exactly as I say. Yeah. Yeah. But also there is a whole nother season to go. And so I'm willing to put in a little bit of time to, you know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think I think there's a good plan in place, and I just gotta trust that it won't disappoint. I know, I know. I guess. Oh, God. Yeah, okay, so do we want to kind of get into sort of the crux of the episode, which is Ted and Rebecca? Yeah, dude, I, I actually, I actually love 
because I feel like we've been lacking in Rebecca a teensy bit this season. I love how much Rebecca we got. I love it. I could just watch yes. Hannah Waddingham like fold laundry and be happy. So this was a treat. It was really nice to see her not just like on her phone. Talking about boys. Yeah. It was really amazing to see her interacting with Sassy again. Um, to see her interacting with Keely. Like just I there was a lot of great moments. Like even even like the smallest moments, like when the team sort of arrives on the bus at the funeral, she's just like so surprised that every single one of them came. And that they None weren't wearing, were wearing trainers. trainers. I know. <laughs> So great. So good. I, yeah, I really, I really loved everything about this episode for her. And I, I loved how many versions of Rebecca that we got to see, right? Like we got to see Rebecca with Sam and that like kind of beautiful lovey-dovey-ness. We get to see her in her childhood bedroom, totally regressing into like a slight brat with her mom. Yeah. We get super supportive, like girl power with all of the women in the back of the church. We get to see her be really vulnerable too, giving her little speech. And we get to kind of see her with Rupert in a way that we haven't seen before, you know? Yeah. So it was just like so great. The many beautiful parts of her makes such a like gorgeous complex character so to me it was it was awesome oh yeah for sure like this is the episode that hannah waddingham must submit for the emmys next year oh yeah second emmy in a row uh done done it's a done deal yeah so what do you want to talk about the ladies in the church? Yes. Do you want to talk about that whole... That was so... When they find out about Sam. And I love that it's just Keely who, like, just calls her right out. And she just, like, knows. How does she know? I love that. It's so great. It was an amazing moment. I loved having all of the women, Sans, Dr. Sharon, of course, in the same scene. I think Sassy is a perfect example of like using a secondary character really well. And yes. I love their chemistry. And I love that not only do we get this really great Rebecca and, and Sassy chemistry, but Keely fits in really naturally. There's no like weird yeah. jealousy thing happening. They just no, all love each no other. They're pitting against each other. Like they're all just like, they just love each other so much. And I think, you know, like we joke about the Bechdel test and like, talking about men and yada 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 but when a giant part of your character is that you were in a like emotionally abusive relationship for a really long time the concept of finding love or finding companionship and feeling good about yourself I think is super important so like for them to be gabbing in the back of a church about hooking up with Sam I I I loved that yeah because it's not it's not even really about Sam no not at all it's about Rebecca yeah it's not driving his plot forward no at all and exactly and it it really has it could have been any person right it didn't it doesn't matter who it is it's totally just it, it was about Rebecca and them wanting to get all the gossip from Rebecca to support Rebecca and I just yeah it was just it was so great and like the fact that they were just like being so loud and cackling so hard in the church was just <laughs> so well, great because like <laughs> no offense but fuck the church man like <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> yeah and I just love the end when he like finally like kicks everyone out and like Nora is going and and uh Rebecca's like I'm so sorry because she knows that Sam is like Nora's like favorite and she has like a crush on him and she's just like nah boss ass bitch (laughs) 
That moment was so good because you know, and like, which again, let's yeah. talk about this. Go, go. I know you have thoughts. I just don't understand why no one thinks that it's a little bit inappropriate. And like, Keely brings up, oh, are you worried about PR? But like, no, aren't you worried about like power imbalance and the, uh, uh, all the trouble that We're they could get about in? PR. Like, We're worried about HR, Keely. Yeah. <laughs> Like, who handles HR for AFC Richmond? Because, like, I would like to speak to them. Probably Higgins. Oh, God. And see, okay, I don't know if if I had said this to you before, but, like, I think it was very telling that the conversation was with women in the show who have kind of had their fair share of, like, messy relationships. And, like, the cheering on of the hooking up, you know, it comes from that kind of place. I think if Rebecca had told Higgins, I think the scene would have played out much differently because Higgins has one of the strongest like moral compasses of the show I don't think he would have been giving a very enthusiastic yes girl I think he would have been giving her a quiet yes girl but I think he would have also been like okay but you know that this can't go anywhere it would have been a yes girl between like severe gagging (laughs) as he is prone to do he'd just be like yeah yeah the sheer just, like, horror just, of like what would yeah, happen exactly. if this got public right exactly <laughs> it's it's just like they very briefly touch on it when they meet up in the restaurant about how much trouble they can get in and then they never talk about it again that's it they never talk about it again and i just i don't know and i think rupert showing up with his obviously like child bride and their new baby should have driven yeah. that point home a little bit more like, do you want to become, like, your ex? Where you're, like, with these really young, young, young... Sam just turned 21, like, people, or, you know? Yeah, and the thing is, like, I get I get wanting to turn that sort of, like, stereotype on its head, right? It's always the older man with the younger woman, so I understand the whole, you know, older woman, younger man vibe. I understand that. I do. And to be honest, like, the age gap does not bother me as much as the fact that she is his boss yeah and i think that's like, what it comes down to too and that's really that like if they had somehow done it where he was like it was a younger man and she was her age but he was not her like he did not work for her i feel like i would have been way more okay with it i don't care how young he is i mean he's 21 he's not that young you know what I mean? He's an adult. So, you know, I just like the whole thing where it's just like, I just feel like sponsors would have issues. I feel like the media would have issues. Like, And they just didn't seem to care about that at all. And I just thought, okay, I mean, yeah, maybe I'm reading into it too much. I mean, it is a 27 minute TV show. So like, chill the fuck out, Jen. But yeah, I just found it odd. That it was just, like, one throwaway line by Keely being, like, oh, are you worried about PR? But, like, not, like, ooh, yeah, what are you going to do? Do you have to fire him <laughs> so you can be a cop? Does he have to quit? Right. You know? like, and I, I think from a show that's pretty good about accountability, this has been, like, a very weird misstep. Yeah, I think. I, I, but you know what also I think maybe, and now I'm just going to, like, completely say something the opposite of what I just said but if it had gone on longer maybe we would have gotten that but I just think Rebecca didn't let it get 
to that a point where like it was enough of a thing yeah to really like you know I don't know maybe maybe not <laughs> I don't but yeah, I I don't know. We'll see. It's over for now. That's all I care about. <laughs> Which is good. <laughs> Which is real good because it's true. Like as as much as I would love to see Rebecca super happy in a great relationship, she's got some shit. And we saw, I think, a lot of the basis of that in this episode with that conversation yeah. with her mom about her dad's cheating. And you know, it's it's an interesting thing to talk about the way that parents and the shit that they do can and can stay with you for a really long time. Right. And we see it with Rebecca and then we see it with Ted, you know? Yeah. And I think one of my favorite things about this show is that Ted and Rebecca do have this sort of like twin arc that they're going on. They have a lot of, of they have a very long journey ahead of them on, on kind of becoming the person they want to be. And I like that the show, the show really lets that take focus Mm-hmm. And especially that they're both kind of there for each other in very important moments. And it's always them. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is. always it Ted is. for Rebecca and it's always Rebecca for Ted. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think the editing in this episode was, like, masterful. Oh, it was so amazing. So good. And it took me a moment to understand that these two events that were so seminal in their – in who they are as people – happened on the same day like i'm sorry i started this podcast being like hell no ted and rebecca never and i have now finished it being oh i guess they're soulmates (laughs) (laughs) and like i i don't necessarily need a soulmate storyline to be romantic no but kind of think it's gonna be romantic yeah I I think so I mean I don't know maybe maybe not I don't know who knows but it was just it was so emotional it was so like Jason Sudeikis just stop with this torture of my emotions (laughs) every week like I'm sorry, this is a fucking comedy, and I'm like <laughs> losing my mind. It's 2021, Jason Sudeikis. I can't handle this kind of intensity right now. Like it's been a hard enough 18 months. Can we just be gentle, please? Just... <laughs> and I, I have to like. There have been so many little hints, and I think you know we've obviously been sort of trying to predict what we feel like really happened with Ted's dad for like the past, oh, I don't know, 10 episodes that we've been doing this show. Right. Yeah. And I think the show's done such an incredible job. I mean, finding out that he was home when his father died and that he heard, you know, what happened, I think sort of puts in perspective for me why Ted tends to have his panic attacks during really heightened, um, like auditory moments. Like, at the very loud club, at the very loud game, when he's, like, playing music really loud. Like, I think that that triggers him, too, a little bit and kind of brings him back to that moment. Of course. And I I think that's, like, like well done spotting that because I didn't even think of that. And it it absolutely makes a lot of sense that that is sort of one of his triggers, sort of, like, auditory based on the way his father died and, you know... Yeah, and I think, you know, it's it's so great to see shows that handle therapy really well, and it's so great to see shows that handle, like, PTSD really well, 
because it's not an obvious thing that you would think about, you know, but it's kind of how it really works in real life. So yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, the things that you just don't expect to be the thing that triggers you ends up being that, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I just can't believe that Ted Lasso has been living with this guilt for 20 Almost well, no, he was... He was 16? Yeah, and he's 45. Yeah. 29 years. It's a long time to be living with this guilt that somehow... Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the one thing that I appreciated about the show, when we find out why Ted is the way he is, why he checks in on everyone, why he make sure everyone's okay because he never wants because he never wants to like pass someone by without checking in on them to you know to see how they're doing and I don't know I just I I'm glad that that was his sort of rationale and reasoning and like it could have been so many other things because of this and I'm just glad that that's the way in which they went about it yeah and I think a lot of the understanding of the show is that Ted is this kind of guy who's just this like super optimistic like everything is gonna be fine like the world is great kind of character and that optimism and that positivity really comes from his understanding that life is really fucking hard like life is really hard and it is a choice to sort of like move in specific directions and I think that that's a really interesting way to explain his his like main drive in life it's like not that he's just like this happy-go-lucky guy but that he knows that life isn't always happy and that if he can be that kind of support for someone, then, you know, maybe what happened to his dad won't happen to someone else. To other people, exactly. But I think, and then, you know, he realizes in this episode that the problem is, you know, he has been this person for everyone. And, and it's actually like he's the one that needs that person too. And he kind of has that now in Dr. Sharon. Yeah, I think it's, it's you know, those people that, are the biggest support for you don't necessarily always have that that in return. Yeah. And I love I love that he has that now. And I <laughs> and I love this show for like dropping this like brutal bomb on us and then you have Ted go. Is it like legal to like ask for a hug? <laughs> I know. Like give the man a hug. He needs a hug. <laughs> and then he asks her if she's going to charge him and she's like of course I am. <laughs> I love her. Oh, God. I just, it's so great. I really, I am so joyful at their relationship mm-hmm. that has progressed over the last 10 episodes. It's, it's so, like, I just, it's better than I could have hoped for, I think. And I really, I really appreciated that. And I think we've kind of said this. Maybe we haven't said it so overtly, but I'm going to say it kind of now. I'm really, I really appreciate that Dr. Sharon did not become the black lady therapist in the show. And the absolute nuance that Sarah Niles brought to this character has been phenomenal. Yeah. And has done nothing but to make this show ten times better than it was. Yeah. She's an incredible addition, and I sincerely hope that we never, ever, ever, ever... I want her on every episode for the rest of... It's Ron, please. I don't know that you're going to get that, but I hope so, too. (laughs) I hope so, too. Shush. I know. I know. Yeah, it's... Wow. And then... Wow. Then we have perhaps the best 
Rick Roll in all of history. Yes! I cannot believe a, an entire episode Rick Rolled us. I, like, truly can't. I really can't believe it. Just, like, so great. Just so great. Yeah, I... Dude, I don't know what I would do if I had to go and give a speech about someone that, like, I really couldn't give a shit about. Like, that's hard. So yeah. I think giving her mom that little shout out is super important. And I just, I love that Ted was the one who really gave her the like, oh my God, Ted, he's drive a- to keep going. <laughs> he's just like not a great singer. And I don't know if that's like Jason Sudeikis just pretending to be like not a great singer or like he's actually just not a great singer. But like either way, I love it. And then I love that the next voice was Keely. I know. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just like those are her people. And yeah. Sam was in there too. Uh-huh. You know? I, I think what I I think, you know, and obviously like this is coming from a, a Ted and Rebecca fan. I love that he was kind of MIA the entire episode and he walks into the back of the church and he just fucking gets it immediately. He knows exactly what she needs. Yep. He knows. Without any He has no idea what's happened before. No. He has no nothing. He knows nothing about it. And yet he just knows. And I just it's just so great. God damn it. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> It took me 10 episodes, we but gotcha. there you go. You got me. <laughs> oh. I think I'm really pleased with, with, with what we got. I think I'm, I'm yes. really happy about it. Me too. Me too. Oh, can we quickly talk about the two amazing scenes with Rupert? Yes, let's. Because they were some of my favorites. And like, bless <laughs> Anthony Stewart head for being so fucking good at being smarmy. Which one do you want to talk about first? So I really loved, we don't have to go in order, but, like, I really loved the part where Rebecca's mom tells her to just, like, not let Rupert get to her and to just be like, "Mm, whatever, okay, you know, just, like, at the end. Which I actually reminds me of one other thing we need to talk about, which is Rupert giving his shares of the team back to Rebecca. And then that little whisper, whisper to Nate. I have my theory. You know so I do. do. I, I know, exactly. So tell me your theory. Tell me your theory. Uh, I think he basically sold his shares back to Rebecca because he's going to buy a new team and he's going to hire Nate to be the coach. Yeah. He can't own shares in that team if he's going to buy another one. So, yeah, and I think he's going to take... He's going to take Nate. That's a lot to happen in the next two episodes, but I feel like something is going to happen. I feel like the next episode that's coming is going to be explosive, and then the episode after that is going to be like the wrap-up kind of for the season. Yeah. Yeah, I predict some really big things happening very, very soon, and it's going to be two of my least favorite characters at the helm. I know. What was your favorite Rupert moment? Oh, Sassy tearing him a fucking new one in the church. That was incredible. Yeah, it was such a great monologue. Everyone needs that friend. Everyone needs that friend who has no problem telling an ex that they are the scum of the fucking earth. It was beautiful. I know, and she's like, I think about your death every day. <laughs> what a bird. I love it. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a beacon of hope to the other three people at your funeral. <laughs> I know. So great. So good. And he says goodbye, and she's like, eat shit and die, Rupert. <laughs> like, oh, sassy. Sassy, sassy, sassy. I she's love the best. Her. Also, love that we found out that her real name is Florence. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. 
Love that. How's it go? Great. Love that. It's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But there was one more sassy moment that I think that we loved a lot, wasn't there? Oh, yes. There was. It was when she basically admits that Ted has a big dick. Which, (laughs) it's very, it's like a very, like, quick reference. When she is saying, uh, Rebecca is telling Keely and Sassy that she has to break up with Sam. And... (laughs) Sassy goes, oh, is it because he has a big penis? Or something like that. And then she goes, oh, speaking of which. And then she walks over to talk to Ted. And it's, like, such a tiny throwaway moment. But I just, I, it just makes me laugh. I love that every little insight that we get into how Ted is in bed comes from Sassy. And he's, like, wicked throwaway lines. It's, like, blink and you miss them really fast. Yes. Like, I how know. good he is, how attentive he is, how endowed he is. All just, like... <laughs> Right, exactly. And I also, someone also mentioned to me that maybe we should be more concerned that the only time that Ted sleeps with Sassy is after he's had a panic attack. Um, in the wise words of Rebecca's mom, Florence always did like a broken bird. So <laughs> there must be some sort of like biological cosmic vibe right? <laughs> bringing them you, together. Yeah, the universe just knows when they need to meet. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Because it's so true. Funny. I think if you see Sassy in an episode, you know that Ted is going to have a panic attack. Yeah, pretty much now. That's like, that's the trend. For that's sure. kind of the trend. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this, I mean, the this episode was super heavy. There was a lot that we found out. There was a lot that the characters took us on. Like, it was a very emotional journey over... 29 minutes or 27 minutes whatever but there's also some of course some really like wonderful funny moments which is again like that's why we love the show so much because they can take us from these high highs and these low lows and just like meld it so perfectly oh yeah i mean yes you go from crying to laughing in like a very quick switch and that's what i love about it yeah exactly oh well we are so close to the end. I know. It's crazy. Only two crazy. more episodes. Two more episodes. Woo. Oi. Well, Daria, what are you vibing with this week? What am I vibing with this week? What am I vibing with this week? <laughs> Is it like utterly basic to say that I am vibing with the impending season change? <laughs> no. I, mean, I know we talked about it in the beginning of this episode, but like I'm really ready for summer to be done. I'm ready yeah. to like stop shaving my legs so often. <laughs> <laughs> I am yep. ready for like Halloween movies. I'm ready. I'm just ready. That's what I'm vibing with. Yes. Fall. I know. Fall. Yeah, I in the same sort of vein, I am actually vibing with these tights <laughs> that I bought. <laughs> That I can wear with boots. They are called snag tights. They are the most amazing tights I've ever owned. They are super stretchy. Like super comfortable. They come in like a variety of materials. So there's wool. There's like a nylon blend. There's like I think it's like a wool nylon blend. They are super comfortable. Super warm. Super soft. And they come in so many colors. Like mustard yellow um navy blue like raspberry like like so many colors just like blue like teal like pink like 
they're amazing. So I highly recommend them. I love that. I always snag my tights and then I just look like a little goth kid. So. Oh no, these are like, I think this is, and if I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure these are the tights that you see on the Instagram ads where they're like trying to like cut the tights like from inside, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. I'm pretty sure that these are the tights, but if they're not, I feel like they could be because they are, (laughs) they, they stretch so much. And I was like, these are not going to fit me. Like I, they sent me the wrong size and I was like, oh no, I can fit like my entire six-year-old in these tights with me if I wanted. (laughs) Like they're so stretchy. So yeah, no, it's great. I highly recommend them. That is hilarious. No, I'll have to check them out because it's that time of the year where I have to like go through my things and go, okay. Yeah. I gotta get my like coat dry cleaned. I have to replace some sweaters. I have to do all the cold weather things. And buying new tights is usually one of them. So yeah, well, I highly recommend them. So and they came super quick. The shipping was really fast. I love that. Well, Daria, where can they find us? All right, guys, you want to hang out with us? Outside of our podcast episodes, you can find us at uh, hotelvicarious.com. You can email us at hotelvicarious at gmail.com. And you can find us on social, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, username at Hotel Vicarious. Well, this is Hotel Vicarious. Thanks for checking in. 